Welcome everyone to Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak. Uh, this is episode 306, and I have a very special guest here. It's Nadine. Hey, Nadine. Hi. How are you going? Pretty good. Now we should start the episode by saying a huge congratulations to Andrew, who he created a human being. He did create a human being, but I think yeah. Mrs. Fergo did the bulk of the the heavy lifting through this process. So. Oh, look, that that's not what he told me. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. He told me it was all him, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, so congratulations. It's, yeah. uh, you know, as he put out on Twitter yesterday, uh, another little Mr. Statman, which is awesome, awesome news. Yeah. How, how gangster was it that he just was like, oh, yeah, we had a kid. Oh, mic drop. Massive yeah, mic I loved drop. it. I loved it. It was great. It was fantastic. Okay, so look, we were going to talk about some more Panthers-related stuff today, but then all of a sudden, Israel Folau and Clive Palmer joined forces, and rugby league will never be the same again. Um, he is going to play. Well, he's aiming to play for Southport in the Queensland Cup and they reckon he'll be available to play by round four. He had a, a really weird press conference with Clive Palmer where he it, there was a revelation that Israel Folau did not write the Bible. I, I, I'm shocked. Yes. Absolutely I, shocked. Yeah. I always thought he did write the Bible. It changed my whole perspective on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> in, in somewhat seriousness, Mm. Is that not the oddest couple known to mankind? Yeah, it's very strange. Because... I, I was shocked oh, that Clive Palmer's an MP. Oh, no, I knew that. I didn't know that. But it, I, I don't know what is going on here. I, I yeah. saw Israel Folau and Clive Palmer trendy and mm-hmm. thought, okay, which one of them has said something stupid? <laughs> Um, outrageously either racist or um, bigoted. Yeah. Um, because either one could. Um, and they've joined forces, and I think that's that's a monumental recipe for disaster. So does this yeah. now mean also that Clive Palmer's going into player agency uh, realms? Because oh, that that could be interesting at the negotiating table. That would, you know what? He'd probably have more integrity than most player agents. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like, and we've done like a million episodes on Israel Flower and all that. So, but it was just really bizarre to see. It was kind of surreal. Um, I have a feeling this is. I, I'd be kind of shocked if the NRL stepped in in its sort of greater role in in running the game and said he can't play. I feel like that there's going to be a bit of, you know, it's up to the Queensland Rugby League, and then you never know with the Queensland Rugby League what they're going to say. But I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit like Carmichael Hunt when he come back to Rugby League, in that it's going to be enough under the radar where they kind of let it happen. Mm. So Yeah, it's... um. I don't know. It's strange. And look, if if you, depending on um, PR spin, mm. if you're the NRL, do you kind of just allow this to happen to take some of the noise away from the current noise? Yeah. <laughs> Something I, else to talk about. 
That's a really good point, actually. I didn't think about that. I should you, work in marketing. You should. You should. <laughs> you know what? A smart company would give you complete control of their Instagram account. <laughs> yes, a smart company would. I'm not so sure about what kind of podcast does that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I think just the spectacle of it all, and it was so bizarre and like – Rugby league's so weird. Like, just when you think that the it's got one outrage going, there's a new outrage just around the corner. And um, God bless this game. It's fantastic. It's just a gift that keeps on giving, right? It really is. It really is. Like, like I just am amazed at some of the stuff that happens. We we brought Clive Palmer and Israel Folau together. <laughs> Things will never be the same again. <laughs> well, didn't we say that when... um. Uh, what Tinky Boy was involved with the Knights. So I just feel like this is another monumental Tinky Boy disaster waiting to happen. It could be, yeah, it could be. It, like there was a, I'm sure I saw a quote where Clive Palmer said he was a winger in the 70s, <laughs> and somebody said that's that can't be right. I'd but like to think that it's not right. He's the world's largest winger. <laughs> he would be. Imagine if he was like weirdly athletic when he was younger. Yeah, that like, that always fascinates me. What when you see somebody at, like Wayne Bennett? Like you look at Wayne Bennett and you can't imagine him playing for Australia, can you? No. No. That's strange. I, it, I, my mind is still blown by the whole thing. Um, now. Penrith, the Penrith Panthers produced another young, talented man who's going to make his debut this week. Yes, Joseph Sawali. Yeah. To uh, applause of super coach players right across the globe, (laughs) um, me being one of them. Um, I have bought, I had Joseph Sawali in my team from day dot. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as he keeps playing, he will make me money, and that is wonderful news. Um, <laughs> but in mm-hmm. all honesty, yes, as we keep talking about, or as you guys keep talking about, mm-hmm. um, on many an episode, the Panther Junior base just keeps on producing and yeah, producing yeah. and producing. Exactly. It's crazy how many teams rely on it. And, you know, I, I just find it really amazing that, Every other club isn't just studying exactly what is happening in the Penrith football area and the the junior leagues and all that because I I think any club that isn't trying to reproduce exactly what is happening at Panthers, they're missing out in terms of the pressure release on your salary cap, on just being able to bring players in that are talented. You know, it's... I find it incredible that everyone just isn't pouring so much money into it because, you know, like you look at Matt Burton, if the Panthers do see Matt Burton go to the Bulldogs, they're going to be fine. Mm. Like they're not going to be without a centre. They're not going to be without a young playmaker. They're going to be absolutely fine. And I can't believe that any club wouldn't want to be in the same sort of situation. Exactly. And it's, you know, I think, uh, Actually, I can't even recall where I heard it, but there was a lot of discussion. Um, it might have even been on Triple M over the mm. weekend um, mm. about the Broncos and, mm. you know, the predicament that we all know that they're in with regards to 
retention and recruitment and um it may have been talus it may have been sailor definitely somebody who you know is a um, broncos um former player Mm -hmm. talking about this is a, a a very new territory for them because they have always had juniors mm. to draw upon. And the fact that um, they find themselves in a predicament for a number of reasons mm. um, where the local talent does not want to stay yeah. um, and wants to pursue opportunities elsewhere. And they're now having to actually go to market and pay market value or over um is what's putting a lot of pressure on the cap because then they're having to pay market value or over. And let's mm-hmm. assume it's probably more overs than actual market value mm-hmm. um, to get players at the club. And that therefore limits how much they have available to retain youngsters who can go to market and get more money and potentially better opportunities. So, you know, it is a vicious cycle and, you know, everyone has said that management, management rather, of the salary cap is an art form, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you see quite a lot of situations where players need to be let go um, to free up some cap space. And obviously, you know, this year the Panthers were, you know, Tarmow, look, Tarmow made that decision himself, Yeah. to be fair. Um, he knew that staying at the Panthers would take up space in the cap it would take up, a, you know, an actual spot, a starting mm. spot for somebody. Mm. Um, and given the squad that he could see that was coming up right from Harold Matz through, that was um, not – staying was not the right option for the club. You obviously yeah. saw Mansour got essentially pushed. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean Fare got pushed. And, and this is all a, as a result of having the absolute embarrassment of riches yeah. right through the junior program. So – um, you know, it, it's it's always nice to see young kids, and I say kids because Sawali's still a child, technically mm-hmm. speaking. Um, you know, get an opportunity. It, it's actually really great. I disagree with the exemption that has been provided. Um, yeah. However, it is what it is, and we are where we are. And I think that it just shows that yeah, if you've got good pathways, good development. Um, you know, there is enough there is enough talent to go around, and I, yeah. so I think the argument around not enough talent for um, expansion is a, a weak argument, and is usually flouted by those whose teams aren't developing their own players. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the the other thing is too, like Penrith is so used to seeing like junior Panthers players playing at other clubs and like it's weird because other clubs probably when they see that happening they're like oh you know it must really kill the Panthers to see it but we've seen it for so long because the the district produces so much talent like I think of when Lachlan Coop was playing for the for the North Queensland Cowboys you know we weren't we weren't thinking, oh, man, I wish Coop was still at the Panthers. We're like, good on him, you know. It's good to see a, a Panthers player doing that, mm. um, even though Scotland tried to claim him. How dare they? <laughs> Scottish. But, uh, yeah, it's I, I just find it incredible that there's not more money put into junior rugby league 
buy all these clubs. I actually saw somebody, and I can't remember who it was, I wish I could remember who it was, on Twitter a few weeks ago saying that they think the NRL should take over all of the running of Junior Rugby League. Mm. And I was horrified by that because I'm like, the last thing I want is the NRL to get their claws into it because the first thing they'll do is they will have everybody in the game saying, well, let's try and break down what the Panthers have built and try and, you know, instead of saying this is working, leave it alone, they'll try and break it down and all that sort of stuff. And I don't like that idea at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's pretty phenomenal what's happening at Penrith overall this year. And, and I think the, the difference that we're seeing is that at the very top level of the Panthers club in the Panthers district, it's going just as well at the very highest level as it always is at the lower levels. Correct. Now, you and me, we went to the footy, how many weeks ago was that? Three weeks, a month ago, you invited me to a game of rugby league. Um, I really enjoyed the day. It was fantastic. Thank you for inviting me to the game. But while we were there, we were talking about the stadium. We were. (laughs) Very briefly. And you, I said, I would like to see them tear down the stadium and just basically rebuild Parramatta Football Stadium, but with a different like facade on it. So it's more of a Panthers stadium. And you said you wanted to see it just be rebuilt. So, and it's interesting because we had, we agree on so many different things. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about. So if you think about the current Panthers stadium, Mm-hmm. What would you like to see them do in a refurbishment? Yep. Yeah, so um, this is interesting because even a refurbishment, I'm happy for a knockdown rebuild as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like the idea of a Bank West or a whatever that one in Townsville is called or whatever. I think that those are too much, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I think that, uh, you know, it, it's – the we don't need a stadium that large, uh, I suppose is where I'm going with that. So, and even to replicate it on a smaller level, um, I, I just don't think it's what we need. Um, I would like whatever happens, um, whether it be a refurb, whether it be a knockdown rebuild um, scenario um, or a fresh rebuild somewhere where um, – the Panthers don't need to play out of Bankwest at, for any period of time. Yeah. That would certainly be the preference. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously this is all hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, but to still retain somehow some of that real suburban ground charm, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I'm not talking about crappy bathrooms or really long bar lines or um, <laughs> anything like that because um, we can certainly make sure we have none of those. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, one of the things I really love about um, Panther Stadium or Bluebet Stadium, as it's now called, let's, you know, would be nice to the commercial partners, mm-hmm. um, is the hills. Like the hills have the best atmosphere going around. Yeah. Um, and it would be, you know, for me, trying to retain at least one hill um, would be awesome. Yeah. Um, the other things that, you know, I think are desperately, desperately needed, particularly in light of the fact that, you know, the NRL are clearly wanting the Panthers to succeed, um, is 
you know, definitely updated media facilities, updated corporate facilities, um, you know, anyone who's had the opportunity to go into the sheds at Panthers Stadium will know that they are poor, um, not like at Oval or Cogra or um, Asbestos Land, poor, but they're I, poor. I think some people would be absolutely shocked to know how poor some of the change rooms are in the NRL. <laughs> Like, well, you can see that when, you know, they cut to vision of inside change rooms and, you know, in some of these grounds, um, you know, and not these ones where you're taking games to Dubbo and Bathurst and Mudgee, you know, like mm. these actual, you know, Cogra and um, even Wynn Stadium to a degree, certainly Brookvale, um, you know, they're almost sitting on top of each other. It's yeah. no better than playing at your local suburban oval. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so definitely better facilities there. And particularly because, um, you know, before the Centre of Excellence was built um, or the Academy rather was built out here at Penrith, the first grade team also used a, quite a big gym facility in the back of the stadium there, um, which yeah. backs onto the warm up uh, park or warm up oval, um, which is never used for warm up except for the cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, but with the, the way that they've set up that centre of excellence, um, now that's what Flag Matt's SG Ball uses. So they use the, the gym facility and then obviously the training field that is immediately viewable from Mulgoa Road. So, you know, getting all of those um, those things up to scratch, you know, and into the 21st century would be amazing. I love the idea of, um, with the exception of the hill, um, having as much undercover as possible. Um, You know, it obviously gets bloody cold out here in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're one of those poor souls who has terrace seating, you're really suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do like the idea of the terraces as well. You know, that open air element, you know, also lends itself to that suburbanness. So I think that there's an element of trade-off between how much comfort do you want to give versus how much of that suburban element do you actually want as well um yeah so they're they're the key things i think what from a fan's perspective um you know i'm thinking you know that was more kind of players and and corporates and media and stuff from a fan perspective the undercover thing would certainly be important to every fan um Mm -hmm. again given it can be you know the start of the season can be super hot you know like if you're playing around you know the first five or six rounds out there we can still be getting 30 plus degree days um, and obviously we can be getting into the minuses sometimes, very rarely. But, you know, if you've got a night game in the middle of July, it's not uncommon for that to be played in low single digits. So having the cover is useful. But certainly, you know, bathroom facilities need to be drastically increased and improved. Yes. Um, as well as catering facilities, you know, in terms of, what is available, you know, the bulk of the catering at Panthers Stadium now um, is done by third-party operators. Um, yeah, and food trucks and, and stuff. And food trucks and stuff. Mm. Um, but they're obviously, you know, the lines for those are absolutely insane. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, when you're talking about to... game day experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not wonderful. No, you know, that and... you're spending a half of football sometimes <laughs> standing in the line for either food or drink or both. Yeah, and, like, I remember when I went to the – and I've been to Paramount Stadium a few times, the Bankwest Stadium, and 
during the Rugby League World Cup of Nines, like while the games were on and while the crowd was at its its biggest, I would go down to get something to eat and there would it, the longest queues were maybe three people in front of me for food. Mm-hmm. And if you walked a little bit further along to one of the other food places, you just walked straight up and got what you wanted straight away. And it's those little experiences that can be improved at these football grounds where, you know, it, it's these 5% changes that mm-hmm. can be made that can turn what is a, you know, a, a bit of a like they're doing their best experience to, wow, this is amazing. Like I've got to get out here more often. Yeah. And I think the other thing for for Penrith, and there's not a lot of clubs that are in this position, um, Team, uh, sorry, fans are very late to come into the ground. And, yeah. and despite best efforts with regards to, um, you know, having a full slate of games on offer. Like Penrith really likes the concept of three games on game day as much as they possibly can. And mm-hmm. I know the NRL has been looking to try and push that a little bit more this year um, as far as they can with regards to COVID regulations and the like. But um, it's a very late, particularly on a Friday evening or a Saturday evening, um, because everyone's at the club across the road. So, yeah. you know, they've got the benefit of having those licensed premises where, you know, you could literally walk across the road 10 minutes before kickoff, and as long as you're an actual ticketed member, your seat's there, you walk in, you sit down, and you're done. So, um, but if you're racing from work on a Thursday night, Friday night, um, that, you know, that poses a problem. And if you're then, you know, racing to the stadium, you know, and the same could be said here for, you know, anybody that are really on the fringes, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or even people trying to get from the CBD to Sydney Olympic Park on a Friday night for a 6 p.m. game in particular, you know, that can be a slog in itself and it's only about 20 kilometres. Um, if you don't have the facilities to be able to have somebody arrive, you know, straight from work, grab something quick to eat, grab their beers or, or whatever they're drinking and get to the, you know, get to their seats fairly quickly, people just won't come. And yeah. that's that's what you see. They don't go because not only is the time slot terrible if you are um, anybody that needs to do anything functional the next day, um, you know, <laughs> in terms of getting up and going to work or if you've got kids, you need to get the kids sorted or mm-hmm. it's too late for the kids or whatever the situation is, um, you know, people won't make the effort because they're like, oh, my God, I've got to find parking or I'm at the mercy of public transport or, you know, and then when I get there, it's going to take me this long to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, yes, these are all excuses because rusted on fans will absolutely still do that. But as we know, if you want to grow the game, it's how do you entice new fans? What are the new markets? Um, And, you know, some of these grounds that are in need of some TLC will not draw in those new markets by any means yeah and and like i know for me personally and i know you get to games when the gates open <laughs> and you know that i'm the complete opposite i'm like <laughs> i've been there 10 minutes before kickoff um, yes. and so one of my things is parking and we've got this funny thing in rugby league where because some of the grounds and the parking and the facilities are not great if it starts to look like it's going to be a big game, you'll get a lot of people that'll be like, 
nah, I, there'll be so many people there. It'll be too difficult to get parking and all this sort of stuff. And so the points you make are really good. I know for me, my number one thing is, can I park my car somewhere? And if I can't think of a place that I can park my car pretty easily, straight away that game lowers down on whether I'm going to make the effort to go. because And people can say public transport. And I look at, say you've got a game in at the Sydney Football Stadium or at Moore Park. If you've got to travel from Penrith, that will straight away you've got to get the train there. That's going to be, if you're lucky, an hour just to get to Central. Then mm-hmm. you've got to get from Central to the stadium, which who knows? So, like I've done the walk. Um, I know that they're trying to get the public transport fixed up for that. That's great. Mm-hmm. But then, then you've got the game, which is two hours. Then getting out of there was just rough enough, just getting out the stadium, which that's one of the reasons they tore it down because you were packed in like sardines. Then you've got to get back to Central. Then you've got to wait for the train. But if the train just happens to be there and it's not all stops, like you're getting back to Penrith close to midnight. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden you've invested like just about six hours to go and watch a two-hour football game. And if you've got that or just watching it on TV, most people are going to say, you know what, I'll just watch it on TV, you mm. know. Um, so for me, parking is huge for all of these stadiums. Um, for people that don't know, the Penrith Football Stadium is situated just across the road from the from the trotting track, and the trotting track has been moved out the back of Penrith. So there's an opportunity to either build a brand-new stadium there or build something. It just depends. Mm. I think that's where they'll build a new stadium. I think it'll be a, a big announcement. I would personally love any any new stadium or refurbishment to be on the footprint of the old stadium. Mm-hmm. But it's just so easy to build a new stadium on that trotting track. You still play football at Penrith Football Stadium, and then Correct. when it's built, you know, you move in. It's just too easy to not do it that way. Um, but my personal opinion is I would love to see just a complete replica of, of Bankwest Stadium built. 30,000 seats, I think we would, it, it, considering it would be a, a better facility and better to use, I think we would get crowds of 25,000 a lot of the time. Um, and, and I think, so I think that for the big games, we would make use of the 30,000 seat stadium. I would like to see the outside completely looking different, and you, that's very easy. You just, you know, have a different facade on it, mm-hmm. paint the whole thing black, you know, mm. even that would do. Can you imagine? Oh, man. How and, could we uh, make the facade on Mulgoa Road look like the old Panther scoreboard? Like, make it look like a Panther. Exactly. Exactly. It just a big a big black Panther curled around the outside of the stadium. Oh, that would be incredible. And, you know, the other thing I think that they would build into all of this is a giant walkway that would go over the top of the road at mm-hmm. Mongol Road so that you didn't have to wait for the lights and people could just walk in from the Panthers car park and also, of course, from the club. Um, I would guess that the club would itself be willing to pay millions of dollars just for that to happen because they'll, they'll get that money back. Um, but parking is a huge one for me. I would love them to have more parking, whether they had underground parking or just 
you know one of the one of the two facilities just have parking there i don't know or a parking garage or something um yeah well and it's interesting because the panthers group um which doesn't necessarily incorporate the football club. That's mm-hmm. all the licensed premises. Mm-hmm. Um, their master plan is for the entire uh, stretch of available car park at the moment along Mulgoa Road yeah. to actually be developed. Yeah. So um, at the moment, half of what was a car park is um, a construction site for um, a community convention centre thing which is um, being investigated, but that's a different story, mm-hmm. about funding. Um, so, but there, there's certainly, that that's what they would like to do in terms of um, to activate um, a, a retail precinct in that space, which is why yeah. they built a multi-storey car park um, behind and, and even that convention centre space has got a basement car parking, which is able to be used now. Mm-hmm. But the more they take away all of the parking around, it just cho- it, it ends up being like Cogra, like Brookvale, like yeah. like not as bad as Leichhardt, but you end up just choking the streets with, um, you know, the local streets with you know cars and, and the like. So, um, yeah, the car parking one is it's interesting because I keep hearing through a number of other reports as a result of. COVID and research being done of, of people returning to work that Sydney particularly has become so reliant on their cars yeah. that um, there's a genuine fear that we will end up like Los Angeles where we are yeah. just choked to death by our cars. Yeah, and for people that don't know Sydney, especially overseas listeners, mm. you can literally drive for two and a half hours and still be in Sydney depending <laughs> on where you're driving from and to. Me on a daily basis to and from work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and, that, I, and, and like, so what are we, we're what, 50 kilometres as the crow flies from the mm, CBD? Mm-hmm. Um, I work on the outskirts of the, like the very outskirts of the CBD, I would say. Um, and I am fortunate enough to have parking available um, at a very, very cheap rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's actually... It makes sense um, in terms of my time, even cost and factoring and wear and tear in my vehicle and things like that for me to drive rather than to do public transport. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, some days I could leave home at 6.30 in the morning and be in the office in 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. Other days I can leave at the same time and because of sometimes no reason other than traffic, like there's no accidents or anything, it could take me two hours yeah. to drive that. And the vast majority of that trip is on a freeway slash motorway, whichever language people use for those particular roads, wherever they are, um, where there is no traffic lights. <laughs> yeah. And, it's you know, the best time for, for someone at Penrith is when you've got to pick someone up at the airport <laughs> and or you've got to be at the airport at the right, at the right time. And, you can be like, well, if we're going to play it safe, let's do three and three to three and a half hours of time to get there mm-hmm. and be there on time. And literally, like, it might be just a straight through run. You're fine. And other days you're like, thank goodness, because you, you will, if you put, even if you do two hours, a lot of the times you're struggling to get there within two hours. Mm. 
And this is where I'm fascinated that um, the NRL allows, and I say allows because, you know, whilst, yes, they're at the mercy slightly of, slightly, I shouldn't say that, they're at the mercy of broadcasters with regards Mm -hmm. to the draw. I'm always perplexed that there are games scheduled in Penrith, Campbelltown, Brookvale, Central Coast at 6 p.m. on a Friday. Yeah. To me, that time slot should be an absolute no-go zone for those stadiums in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's like. Melbourne, I'm assuming, isn't an issue because um, it's right at the CVD and, and their public transport <laughs> is, is quite well-structured mm-hmm. um, in terms of there's a tram stop right there. Yeah. Um, and Brisbane, you know, well, they get 8 o'clock Friday night, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but And even uh, Wynn Stadium. Yeah. that they really get six o'clock on a Friday night either much. But I think any of those that are really on the outskirts of Sydney in particular for this argument, 6 p.m. is just don't, just don't. <laughs> Townsville's another one. Like, they had that mm. game. I remember they used to say, well, we have the Cowboys games on Saturday because people travel in mm. from quite a big distance to go. And I'm watching the game last night. And the crowd was super, super poor. And you know it's not because the stadium is bad and there's bad facilities there because it's a brand-new stadium. Correct. It's just that people, it's just the wrong time for a game. Mm. And, like, I think we all like the Thursday night footy now. It gives us something to watch. And when it's not on, we feel like we're missing something. Yes. But I think that it is one of those time slots that – they really need to work out who are the best teams to play them in. And at this that 6 p.m. Friday night game is the exact same thing. I think there are certain teams it will work for, but most teams it will not work for. Yeah, it is it is fascinating that, you know, and as I said, you know, obviously the draw is really done by the broadcasters, not mm-hmm. by the NRL, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and it would be nice if we got to a position where it was like, no, this is the draw. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not about, you know, fair enough, have your retro rounds or your, you know, your um, rivalry rounds or whatever and then slot other things around them. Yeah. But, you know, it it just, uh, I get they're paying a lot of money. I really do understand, genuinely do. I work in business, I get it. Um, It just baffles me that the broadcasters have so much control Mm. um, or at least appear to have so much control. Um, you know, that's certainly the narrative that we've been sold for many, many moons that, mm. you know, Channel 9 goes in and says, well, we want these games. And then Fox say, well, we want these games at these times. And then it's just potluck for everything else. Do your best from there, yeah. Pretty much. Um, now, going back to Panthers, a Panthers possible stadium, yeah. would you be willing to have, three, like, pretty much three quarters of Parramatta's Bankwest Stadium with one end open as being a hill? Mm, yes, possibly. But yeah. I, I also, I don't like the square nature, like, sorry, oh, yeah. of the outside, of the facade. Like that, it yeah. looks like a massive rectangular box has just been dumped on O'Connell Street. And I yeah. I really dislike it. See, I don't, so... It, and I know that that's facade. Like, yeah. I get that that's the facade element. Yeah. But even when you're in there, it just feels like a giant rectangular box. So, um, 
if that's the kind of replication we're talking about, no. I'd, I want to see something very different. Okay. Very different. See, it's interesting because I like that aspect of it. I oh, like, really? Yeah, I like that you go into that stadium and it's all – it feels enclosed and, it, like, it's just banks of seats. And I love the way that the sound stays in there. And I, I love that, like – the very worst seat in that stadium is a, an amazing view. There's mm. no doubt about that. Like if someone said, like, pick the worst seat and most people would say up in the corner, you know, that seat is a fantastic view. Um, and so I, I kind of like that boxed in sort of feel to it, but I feel like you could break that up with <sighs> – like, I wonder what that stadium would look like. And when they made that stadium, they were trying to make it as cheap as possible. Mm. So I think that's why we don't see a lot of the extra things added to it. And that's fine. Like, I feel like there was a certain element of let's show what we can do with this much money and what the atmosphere will be like and what the experience will be like. And then down the track, we can sort of build similar ones like that, but we'll tweak it and add different things to it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't actually be surprised if in 10 years' time you turn up to Parramatta Football Stadium and from the outside, at least, it looks really, really different. Mm. Um, and so I wonder what a stadium like that would be like, but if you had all black seats and a different facade around the outside that maybe curls around it with a big panther like we said. Yeah, I think I like the idea of... Um, I like the idea of, you know, clearly something being built for a rectangular game, obviously. Yeah. Yep. But from the outside, it doesn't just look like a big rectangular box. Like it, it's having something more architecturally sound about it. So there's some interest. Yeah. And, and I just don't find Bankwest, and I don't know, it's interesting that I sit here and go, oh, a stadium should look interesting. But I think it's, it should look interesting. It's such a big piece of architecture taking mm. up a significant amount of land space and volume that make it look good. What if, what sake. if, what if on the outside they did something like they built, they, they built the facade so it flared out so it looked like a big trapezoid? <laughs> a trapezoid? <laughs> yeah. Could you have picked a more obscure shape? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, there are different things you could do to it, right, that could make it look really super different and, and not just, as you say, a box full, mm. filled with seats. What if you did something like that where, yeah, because they can build sort of like all sorts of things attached to it. Like you could have a gigantic, like on one side of the stadium, say they built it up against, say, Mulgoa Road, mm -hmm. and the other side you built a giant atrium on one side of the stadium where it was just filled with you know places to eat and things like that leading oh my god that sounds like oh which nfl team uh not um that sounds like the vikings that sounds like their stadium their new stadium yeah I see. I haven't seen their new stadium. It sounds similar to that because they've yeah. got one where, like, the end is like glass. Yeah. So you can see the city, like, the city skyline. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. See, I, that's a bit I, fancy. <laughs> well, 
I always fancy for yeah. Penrith. Someone will someone will graffiti that. I I just all I that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> all I guess all I'm saying is just spend a billion dollars on this stadium at Penrith. I, I always felt I always felt like if they were because there was talk they were gonna tear down Stadium Australia at Homebush and rebuild it. And I I was just like, if they do that they need to just have a look at some of these NFL stadiums with not only the the fact of it being indoor, but having the retractable playing surface where they literally wheel the playing surface out so it gets sunlight, you know, all week. And then during the game, they wheel it back in, let them play the game and then wheel it back out so that you've got the best of both worlds. It's it's an enclosed stadium, but at the same time, you've still got grass on the field. Mm. Um, and just things like that, being able to open one side. I know Dallas... Uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium yes. opens at one side. Uh, there's another stadium where they – I was just watching a video the other day and they said they have the largest glass doors in the world so they can open up one side of the stadium. Um, just different things like that. But that would be for the ultimate Sydney Stadium. Mm. And so obviously there's – you know, they're not going to have the ultimate Sydney Stadium at Penrith, just the team is the ultimate football team. I think that's the Vikings Stadium that you're talking about. Oh, with the big glass doors. Yeah. Yeah. US and, Bank Stadium. And, and like things like that, I think for an ultimate stadium are a good idea. But yeah. for a for for a like, and it's at the end of the day, it's kind of a suburban ground that you would want at Penrith Football Stadium. It's going to be hard to justify that sort of outlay unless you can tie it into all sorts of things. And well, that's that's exactly what I was just about to say. It would yeah. be really good to see that have a facility that yeah. um yeah have a facility that could accommodate concerts could accommodate mm. you know or, or you know I say concerts but you know that kind of outdoor music experience kind of thing yeah you know could accommodate you know the matildas playing could accommodate you know the socceroos if mm-hmm. we wanted it could accommodate who you know Anything like that, you know, where you've got potential, you know, try uh, traveling teams and, and the like. And I think that would be amazing. Whereas at the moment, um, whilst, you know, yes, the quality of the pitch is amazing and, and all of that kind of thing, the facilities themselves do not lend the stadium to being used for anything other than rugby league. Yeah. And, and that's a big point is that this stadium it would want to be available to everyone. Like I could see where, you know, that you'd have maybe the West Sydney Wanderers play a couple of games there and, and not lose a, a, a season ticket holder place because the stadium's too small or, you know, things like that. You would want this to be a facility that's used um, if you almost if you could year round and that would be the concerts and things because it would have to be a rectangular stadium without question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's interesting to think about. Now, one thing I think we need is a statue, okay? Now, do we build a giant Panther statue or do we build a giant Greg Alexander statue? Or, like, we need something that you go up to on you Robert's feet for good luck before a game. Mate, it's what? Royce every day of the week. Roycey, holding the, holding the trophy above his head? Always Royce. Okay, I'm up for that. Because then people will stop talking to him in person. 
So poor bugger <laughs> cannot get around Penrith without someone wanting to have a chat. And look, I will be fair. Mm-hmm. Voice will equally just engage in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, he will talk to everybody and anybody, but it's got to it's got to be Royce. Okay, I'm up for that. Definitely it, it, Royce. Because part of me was like, do we build different statues for all the players? And I'm like, there's too many players. Like, where do you draw the line? Okay, so it has to kind of be one player. I'm happy for it to be Roy Simmons. Royce, yeah. definitely Royce. Okay, now... Because when you think of Penrith, in all honesty, when you think Penrith, Mm -hmm. is Royce not the first player that comes to mind? He's... I feel like... Don't talk to me. Don't say Graham Moran, because I'll (laughs) I'll slap you the next time I see you. Peter Jorgensen? No. um, (laughs) (laughs) Cole Vanderbilt. (laughs) If I just said Matt Adamson. Um, (laughs) I've got a funny story about him. I'll tell you off air. Okay, excellent. Fantastic. Um, (laughs) It's between Royce, uh, Greg Alexander, and Mark Geyer for me. Yeah, it's those three. But then, okay, so and the problem. Okay, so the problem we've got with those three. Yeah. Is um, there's not I'm enough gonna... bronze to build a statue of Mark Iyer, First of all, he's too big. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say two are absolute characters. Yes. And the other is a straighty one eighty. Yes. Or at least comes across as a straighty one eighty. So yes. you can't have the straighty one eighty. Okay. It doesn't work. You need a character. You need. Uh, what if? Uh, can you? Okay. How about this? We build a statue of Royce, but like on either side of it, they build like mini bars. Oh my god! I was literally just thinking it needs to be a statue of Royce, like at a bar, like yes. holding court at a bar, and well, then you can have your photo taken looking like you're having your beer with Royce. Yeah, well, I, see, here's what I thought. You've got, you got the big bronze statue of Royce, and this statue in my head is like – it had cost like 500 million bucks on itself. It should be like 100 feet. Oh, so or, Clover Moore's organising it. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. And so, But then you've got bars either side of it that fa- sort of face towards a bunch of seating so you could literally sit there and have a beer with Royce before the game. I like it. I like and it. I like all it. All they that. serve is beer, nothing else. And could this be also at a point where if you are outside, not outside the stadium, you would still need to be inside the stadium precinct, but um, – outside the core stadium, as it were, um, where you could see the uh, team running out of the tunnel past this bar area. (laughs) Okay. What about this? Okay. We have three quarters of the bank west, right? One side's the hill. Then behind the hill, on the outside of the stadium is your your Roy Simmons giant statue and your bar area that sort of is outside the stadium. But when it's time to kick the game off, the the statue does a 180 and is watching over the stadium with the big the, the oh, trophy. Stop it, that's the best. <laughs> oh, seriously, this is just too good. <laughs> that oh, would be amazing. That would be ridiculous. Could you imagine a rotating wow. Roy Simmons? And and somebody flicks the switch 
before we do the Panthers Viking clap that we stole. Yes. Oh my god. That's it. It's done. We 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 did it. Stadium built. Yeah. Which way would the which way would the hill be though? Would it be the on the south or the north? I feel like it'd have to be the south if they built it on the. Uh, they should just get rid of that little road. What's that little road's name that goes next to the stadium? Ransley. Yeah, I think get rid of it. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's superfluous to needs. Yeah, just get rid of that. We've got Roy Simmons Bar and the the biggest, what would they call it, the biggest, um, the largest moving statue on planet Earth. Yes. I like this idea. This could be good. Yeah, yeah. Just get in touch with us. We'll, we'll... It'd be like it'd be like an Olympic torch, right? Yes. It kind so, of Oh be. that's it. So Royce is at ground level pre game. Yeah. And then the countdown to kickoff is the statue being hoisted. <laughs> and then Royce looks down over the ground. Okay, so he sort of okay, so when it's it's in its seated position facing outwards from the stadium. Correct. It's fine. But as the, when it gets time to kick off, right? Yeah, the, the two-minute bell. Sort of, it screws sort of upwards. So when it turns around towards the stadium, it goes up as well. Yes. And then instead of having a stupid horn or these sorts of dumb things other teams do, somebody goes up and, ha- like, they – they do a cheers thing with a, a can of beer off the side of its leg and then they <laughs> scull it. Is that going to be a celebrity every week or it's like a former a... player or is it just going to be like real Royce? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like if it's Royce himself, we might kill him. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like... <laughs> can you... Okay, can you I imagine? I feel like he's primed. <laughs> I, I know he's been training for this all his life, right? but I just think it's too much that he's there at his own bar with his giant statue, and before the game is kicked off, everyone's going to want a beer with him, and then as the game's kicking off, he's, you know, cheersing himself with more beer. I don't know that a human being can survive that. You've not had a beer with Royce, have you? That, no, I haven't. Right. That comes across in that statement. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, former players. I reckon former players. Um, and that's it. No, no celebrities. Like, what celebrity would you want to see pretend that they're going to get absolutely shit faced like that? I'd rather just see the players do it. Former players. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. And let's be honest, celebrities aren't coming to Penrith. Well, you know, you unless they've got a show to promote at Evan Theatre. Yeah, that's true, Evan Theater. So we'd have Shannon Knoll every week. <laughs> I, was about to say, I was about to say, there's only certain people that go to Evan Theatre. <laughs> oh, shit, that's funny. <laughs> wow. And so you reckon you would want a 25,000-seater? Yeah, 25, I think, would be good. I'd want 30. Give me 30. Is Okay, so is that 30,000 bums on seats or is that 30,000 including all the corporates and the media and all that kind of stuff? Uh, that's a good question. Mm. Um, 
I want I just want whatever Paramount has got. I don't know what it is. I just love that state. Why? Because it's if you go there, it's the best viewing experience. It's the best like comfort experience. And I I think I like the way it holds the sound. And the best part about it is when you're in there, you don't have to see Parramatta, which is a dump. <laughs> I was wondering how long it was going to take you to crap on that Parramatta. <laughs> I like going to uh, Parramatta Leagues Club. I like going to Parramatta Leagues Club after the game as well because it feels like Penrith Panthers foyer. Yes. So Correct. small, insignificant, and tiny. Quaint. It's quaint. Yeah. It's adorable, is what it is. <laughs> it's they, it, the good thing is they um they don't need to find any space for a trophy cabinet in that that place. No. Kinda I tell like you, one of the experiences. Yeah, exactly. Although I hear they they're uh, no stop talking. Move along. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think we've covered all the bases on what we would want out of a Penrith football stadium upgrade or refurbishment. I think we're very similar to what we want, but it's just a case of really a few smallish details. Yes. I think whatever you want to lift and shift Bankwest, I think we need something that is more unique. Okay. I think that's the best way to sum it up. I, I I do as well, but I think if we both had somebody draw up our perfect stadiums, I think that we would both say, "Oh yeah, I'd I'd go with that one." Yes. Yeah, especially the giant Roy Simmons statue. Yeah, that that's a masterstroke. That one. I think so too. I think the biggest statue in the world, it's either Genghis Khan. Or there's a there's a statue in India of Gandhi, I believe. It might be Gandhi. Wouldn't it be what? Christ the Redeemer? I no, I think these other statues are bigger than those. Really? Have you seen the have you seen the Genghis Khan statue? No, I'm Googling this though. It's 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 bloody gigantic. It's huge. The Statue of Unity is the world's tallest statue at one hundred and eighty two meters. And is that in India? No. Okay, hang on, hang on. Let me hang on, up. sorry. Oh, sorry, it is. Yes, I tell a fib. Okay. It is in India. Okay. You yeah, see, I'm a man of the world. I know this shit. So how, why is the, okay, the um, Genghis Khan statue. I wonder if the Genghis Khan one is not, it's not classified as just a statue. No, it is a statue complex. It's 131, oh, it's 41 metres tall. I think we can beat that. I think a, a 40, ah, 50 metre tall Roy Simmons. <laughs> Is there enough bronze on planet Earth for that? Yeah, mate, we'll be right. Yeah. You know what, we'll make it out of copper. We can just, you know, mine that shit locally. I think I think copper's, I don't know that we could do that. That would be the most, exp- copper's really expensive now. Yeah, but if we mine it ourselves, well, we don't need to ship it anywhere. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Surely you can make a statue out of something and just coat it. Cover it. Ex- I was, oh, my yeah. God, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what would be? That's what they do with the um, Olympic medals. 
Yeah, it's just it's like a, it's a, a bit compound of material. Yeah, and then they just cover it in Correct. gold and stuff. Exactly. You yeah. know what? I'll just nip down to Coles and buy some gold leaf. That that'd do it. Oh, exactly. Can you imagine? Okay, a gold a fifty foot giant gold leafed Roy Simmons, and it's got a and it's got a little part on the bottom where he can pass out. I like it. Yeah, we sorted it out. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Hilarious. Now, now, how are you going in the tipping comp, mate? Question without notice, because I know you won't have this information up. Okay, okay, let me find it. Not good. Okay. No, no, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay, let me log into the tipping competition. I've had it. I've had a think about three or four really bad weeks. Yeah, um, I can tell you, you okay. are thirteenth. Ah. How good is Sarah going at the top? Yeah, amazing. She's smashing it. So Sarah and James and Mars Broncos and yeah, Andrew, yeah. Yeah, yeah and Marksman. Yep. Are all on sixty three. Mm. Although Sarah's obviously got a very favourable margin. Although so does James. James is good as well. Yeah, he is. And then Peter R is on sixty two. And then there is Daniel W. <laughs> Dickhat Devil Sir Squatters. I fucking love that <laughs> name. Um, and oh, me on sixty-one. <laughs> Bragging. Yep. And then there's a whole range of people. And then oh, look at League Freak fifty-nine. Sorry. Yeah, it's been okay. So sixty-three. And Andrew's some... on fifty-four, but he went up last week. You went down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. I think we've had an extra person join in the last week since I looked at it last anyway. But yeah, it's uh the last probably three weeks haven't been good for me. And last night I uh I I tipped wrong. I tipped Newcastle. And oh come yeah. on. But uh, like, call yourself just, an expert. The thing is, I thought Newcastle had more talent, right? <laughs> well, there and, was your first problem. <laughs> and then I thought that they were due to fire up because they've been playing so poorly. And then the game started and I was like, this was a mistake. Yeah, the fact that um, Drinkwater actually Who? played well. Do you mean uh, Daylight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Says volumes. It does, yeah. It does. He um the the Newcastle defence is so soft and they just play with that siren. The the thing that got me, you look at their kick chases, they just amble on down. They don't even run. It's mm, I crazy. Saw that you tweeted that last night. Yeah. That really shocked me how just casual they were about it, like it was a training session or something. Mm. I think the scoreline flattered the effort. Obviously, you know, they put on a few points whilst the Cowboys had a couple of players in the bin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in the next few weeks. You know, those guys. Yeah, and you know the other thing was like the Cowboys. If you take out the when they had two players sent off, the Cowboys completely dominated that game. But then you look at the scoreline, and it doesn't reflect that. And if we've got a rule set where that's the case, where you can absolutely flog a team, but it doesn't really show up like that in the scoreline, mm. there's something wrong with the rules. Correct. You know, and it, me and Andrew, our next episode that we're planning to record tonight, 
we're going to he's going to break down a lot of the stats that the NRL put out um, yesterday, and then the reply that was from the rugby league was it the players association? Yeah, the RLPA. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to go. And that through could be a rage episode for Andrew. We've done so many rage episodes. That's why I did the 1990 episode in the last one because I was like, we can't just have episodes where we're just yelling <laughs> at the microphone. Oh, well, the Warriors are playing the Tigers at 6 o'clock. I mean, look, hopefully he's still in that blissful baby bubble kind of situation. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Although I think he's more resigned at this point as a, a Tigers fan. Like when you talk to him, you say, oh, when do you, when do you decide to say, oh, I've given up on this season? And he says something like 2013. <laughs> so... <laughs> I feel sorry for him. I don't he's know. He's very that's pragmatic. Like. He's very pragmatic. I, I will give you he that. He's, he very much is the, the statistician. Yeah. Listen, listen to us talking like a couple of arrogant Panthers fans. Eh? <laughs> it's only arrogant if you can't back it up, like I exactly. tweeted last night. <laughs> Imagine having teams that lose games. That would be weird. Mm, having said that, I am very nervous about this week. Oh, really? Why is that? Yes. Oh, I think this game is a danger game. And the fact that Latrell's back, he could either, in all honesty, have an absolute blinder or try so hard that he gets sent off. I feel I feel like he is going to have a blinder or he's going to have a shocker for that same sort of reason. Yeah. And, and I felt like that all week. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's played in Dubbo. Um, so, you know. There's a the thing of going to Dubbo. But then there's a lot of local players that are in the side from Dubbo. Mm-hmm. So that's good for them. Um, I, you know, obviously we both tipped the Panthers. But Correct. it's look, it's one of the three teams that I've said is going to be in the title race. And if we put it to the Rabbitohs and we've, we've already beaten the Storm, there's mm-hmm. really just the Eels to beat. And that's more just for entertainment, you know. Correct. I must say, I'm actually really looking forward to the Eels-Manly game. It could be an interesting one, hey? Who, who have you tipped? I tipped the Eels. Oh, really? Tip? I've, tipped, I've tipped Manly. I'm going oh, an upset. You know, the other game which... Um, because you know gonna... why? Why? Because Manly doesn't have Clint Gutherson. That's a good point. Mm. I still think back of the episode me and Andrew did a, a couple of weeks ago where we said, would you rather have Gutherson or Anthony Milford at fullback for the Eels? And we both felt Milford would make them so much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that makes us both crazy <laughs> or geniuses. And I tend to lean towards geniuses. Yeah. There's an element of crazy in every genius, though. That That's a good point. That's a good mm. point. The other game I'm looking forward to is Raiders versus Storm because I feel like the Storm could whip the Raiders. And I, I feel like these are the whippings the Raiders need to make the changes that they need to make. Well, it'll be interesting because a lot of the players that I believe are the problem for the mm-hmm. Raiders are actually not playing this week. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, it will be really fascinating to see, you know, how they how they go. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm on the record as not really rating Hodgson. Um, I don't feel that he gives them enough out of dummy half and think that Starling gives them better options. Yep. Um, 
Sorry, I'm just I'm looking at the players, but I'm looking at a field version, so it's just got surnames, and I was like, Williams and Williams. Mm, is he playing two <laughs> positions? And then I realised, no, there's two separate people. Um, yes. <laughs> that's not going to be confusing at all. No. Um, I, uh, George Williams, to me, I mean, I know you share the same opinion, is just no good. Yeah, um, and on top of that, he's just, you can see, he, he doesn't want to be there anymore, mm. you know. So, look, uh, Whitehead, if Whitehead actually knuckles down, mm. I reckon he'll be the difference. Mm-hmm. But he's so inconsistent. It, but a lot that, of... I think that like, sums up the Raiders, obviously. Inconsistent across yeah. the board. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, yeah, it'll be... Look, I think Melbourne will win and win comfortably, um, despite the fact that they've got a whole range of players missing as well. Um, it should just be, you know, a training run for Melbourne. It should be, yeah, yeah. But the fact that it's in Canberra, nah, I've tipped Melbourne, obviously. The, yeah, but and the thing is, the storm, they know what it's like to be freezing cold. So True. they they're, they're going to be used to that and, and in a city they don't want to be in. Um <laughs> The, you know the not other Tamworth, games. No, it's not Tamworth. <laughs> Did you see my post the other day about Tamworth and the rats? The mice, yes, yeah, I replied to that. Yeah, that was, I like that one. Um, sure you, look at, you can't rate your own gear on Twitter, you fool. <laughs> my, all my tweets are good. Just <laughs> ask. I'm like the Peter Volandis of Twitter. Oh, here we go. <laughs> That's a new low. Yeah, that really is. I feel dirty saying that. Um, the Indeed. other games, you know, the Sharks and Dragons will be interesting just because the Dragons are missing so many players and, you know, the Sharks have been so poor mm. over the last month or so. It Like, they should look good in this game just because the Dragons are so short on players. Yeah, I think the Dragons this year are what the Bulldogs were last year, in my opinion, which is they they at least put in. Yeah, yeah. You know, they might lack that creative finesse yeah. um, to, to finish, you know, finish a, a play or finish a set well or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're always going to get a commitment from them. Yes. Um, whereas I don't see that in the Sharks. I don't see that same level of doggedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've tipped the Dragons. Wow. I, so I tipped the Sharks just on the, their bounce. I'm going to absolutely annihilate you in the tipping this week. Ah, you watch. I'm making a comeback. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the Warriors, West Tigers, I'd be shocked if the Warriors didn't win that. They should just be too big, too strong. Correct. That's the way I felt like that. And the Roosters should, you know, flog the Broncos. <sighs> absolutely. Uh, Titans versus Bulldogs. It, like, how many tries can Fafita score in a game? Is he playing? I should check that he's playing. Hang on, I don't think he's playing. Didn't he cop a two-match ban? Oh, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's still... The first I'd still... time you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's my 24th today. Um, yeah, I'd still go to the Titans in that one. I've tipped the Titans. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, no for feeder. Yeah. Damn it. Damn. Anyway. Um, I like that. I've made a terrible <laughs> So, tell us, <laughs> tell us about running our Instagram account and where yes. people go on Instagram. 
Yeah, go on Instagram, search Virgo Freak Pod. You will A, um, find the page and B, find a page that has content. Mm-hmm. Um, I am shamelessly stealing information from other websites, but giving credit, I will say that I am not mm-hmm. like Fox or Channel 9. Mm-hmm. Um, I am giving credit mm-hmm. um, simply because, you know, I don't actually have the time to create any of my own funny memes. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, but yeah, definitely go on there. There's um, a heap of polls that I will put up or questions uh, and some of which, you know, will feed into future episodes of podcasts or sometimes I might just reply straight away. Um, but yeah, get in there, get involved. If there's, you know, anything that you, you know, want to share, let me know and I can share it. Um, but yeah, let's, you know, we want to see the numbers go up for that in particular. Yeah, we want to we want to pump those numbers on the Instagram Correct. and uh, get involved and like and, and like you tell us what's going on and we'll be like, oh, it'd be cool if this was on there and you're like, oh, I've already done it and it's, <laughs> it's looks really good. It's it's really impressive what you've done. Yeah, well, thanks. It's only been a week. It was interesting last week trying to keep up with all the magic round shenanigans. Yep. Um, and and things like that and kind of figuring out what might be the best way to do certain things, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you might see that there's a whole flurry of posts and then maybe nothing and then mm-hmm. it might be the other way around where, I, you know, it might be like, oh, I'm just going to back off for, you know, the week mm-hmm. and then on the weekend it, it kind of all comes or, you know, yeah, I'm kind of figuring out the best way to drip feed the information um, or get the information out there. Um, but certainly won't be all um, serious. There will be a lot of lighthearted stuff in there too because that's obviously the nature of the podcast itself yeah we try to be light-hearted from time to time mm, time to time hey yeah <laughs> i really try um where can people find you on twitter i can be found uh on twitter at nlc081 nice what about that's... you well i can be found at league freak with no space between league and freak and Andrew can be found at Andrew RLP. Yeah, Andrew RLP. Um, obviously, now you all know why I kept on saying Andrew's a bit busy. <laughs> <laughs> we just thought he had COVID. It's fine. It probably does. But we thought he was patient zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> studying him in the lab. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so – and he's going to – we're going to just – do podcasts with him over the next couple of weeks when we can. Um, and like, yeah, when he, you know, he's going to get back. Uh, I think he'll be back sooner rather than later because he, both me and him, like, we'll be in touch and it's like, okay, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have to have some time off. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, last night we were going to do a podcast, <laughs> you know? So, um, I, I don't think he'll be missing too many episodes anyway, but, uh, yeah. So it it was good news. Yeah. And I also have to say a big shout out to a friend of mine called Mystic Moon. I told them that I would shout them out. Uh, and I'm going to have to remember what time it is in the podcast. So that, hi. Yeah. Hi, Mystic Moon. Wanting me to bloody put your name out there. Um, somebody that I play uh, on Xbox Live with. We played a lot of Destiny and Destiny 2 and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Hello, Mystic Moon. Um, Yeah, anything else we got? No, I'm looking forward to seeing or to seeing to hearing 
Well, and seeing, because I will be able to post it on Instagram, mm-hmm. just saying, uh, Origin Teams, when are we doing that podcast? Andrew, well, I'm talking to you. Get your team ready. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get his team ready. I've got my team all selected except one, and I'm still working on that one. It's a bench player, mm-hmm. and I just I like my, my Origin bench to look a certain way, um, and so I'm still working out who I want on that bench. But like my my origin team is just about ready to go. Nice. Uh, and if if Andrew can get his team together, I know he's not that busy at the moment. And then he's got it, heaps of time. Yeah, Whatever. he's fine. He's fine. He did the hard work. So uh, we'll get our what we think our origin team should be out soon. Um, I've got an episode that's coming up next week with Jamie, which is about a subject that I think is an interesting one that people have different opinions on, um, and it's one that we've had lined up for a little bit of time. It's not another um, F, marry, dump episode. <laughs> it's a bit more, uh, bit more serious than that. So, yeah, we've got a lot coming up. It's going to be good. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. It's so much fun having you on and having a chat with you. This might be the longest podcast you and me have done, an hour and 12 minutes. No. We've oh, done... maybe it's the longest one to be released. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> the infamous secret episodes. Secret episode. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's a funny on that one. Um... <laughs> Move along. Move along. <laughs> yes. Uh, so thank you for coming on. We'll have you on again very soon. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast. Retweet it. We love it when you retweet it. Thank you, Stone Gozard. Thank you, Gibbo. Uh, we see all of your retweets when you retweet it, so thank you all for that. And we will catch you very soon in the future. See ya. <laughs>